to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. Draft your world. And as always, we're your hosts, Damon and Kyle. Kyle, what's up, man? How's it going? Pretty good, man. I am, the vaccine kind of kicked my ass today, so I'm just <laughs> laying low. How are you? <laughs> I am good. I uh, just got myself a new job. I'm ready to get that started. Um, I started the new Netflix show, Jupiter's Legacy. Mm pretty good i still don't know where it's going at all and i love when that happens so i'm digging it i'm digging it uh someone told me that they just finished an amazing tv show is that so right kyle oh yeah yeah i just finished uh, invincible and i'm just learning to never question damon ever again on a recommendation because it's it's truly the best tv i've seen in, in a hot minute um we also i don't want to i don't want to gush too much before we introduce our, our guest welcome back to our good pal thad how's it going man i'm pretty good nice. you watching anything new uh nope i'm still going through my uh my retro binges I'm, i just got done watching a episode of transformers where the uh the autobots decided that to sneak in they were going to get oversized like button-down shirts for some reason I saw and they're like <laughs> and they're like sneaking around for no reason <laughs> it's like <laughs> where do you find those button-down shirts where like what's happening <laughs> i mean that is a robot in disguise if I've ever... <laughs> it's literally <laughs> a robot in disguise that's oh, that... great Oh man, the '80s. Okay, the '80s. <laughs> okay, and, that's the uh, '80s in a sentence right there. What better way to segue into our draft, which is '80s TV? Another Children of the Tube episode, and this one's gonna be crazy. Are y'all ready? Are y'all excited for this one? I'm ready. Oh yeah. I I hope none of my picks get stolen because I think Damon and I were talking about this before, like. I haven't seen like a ton of TV from the 80s. I feel like the movies one will be brutal just because that's probably my favorite decade in movies. But um, yeah, there's as far as like the show in its entirety, I don't know that there's a whole lot that I've like seen beginning to end. So I'm interested to see the direction we go. Right. Thad, you were actually alive in the 80s, right? <laughs> uh, barely, but yes. <laughs> Shots fired. As the grandfather of this group, uh, go to your room. I already am. Old man, uh, <laughs> no, no, but um, yeah, we're, we're just gonna be talking about 80s TV, and uh, we have a pretty fun list game for this one. We're, we're doing TV dads, you know, you, you gotta love them, they do their thing, they're corny, they're always sending people to their room, like Granddad. <laughs> Granddad, that's definitely his new name on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just came up with it, fresh out of it. Um, but yeah, uh, I th I think we're ready for this one. I, I you know y'all y'all down for the list game to start? Dad, you want to start us up? And Kyle, I guess you can go second. Okay, perfect. All right, let's start us off with the uh, let's go Red Foreman. Mm. Just sticking whole foots 
Oh, up people's asses. Chicken uh, with the old guy theme. <laughs> Let's go with my favorite TV dad, as no one is surprised. Jonathan Kent from Smallville. Of course. Um, I'm going Danny Tanner, Full House. Uh, Peter Griffin. Nice. Um, a questionable dad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Shut up, <laughs> I'm going to be a dick just because it counts now. Uh, Clark Kent because of Superman and Lois. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, I'm going good old Archie Bunker. Mm, classic. Let's go. Uh, oh, let, speaking of shitty dads, let's go uh, Tony Soprano. <laughs> <laughs> Great show. Terrible dad. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'll raise you. I'll see you a Tony Soprano and raise you a Walter White. Ooh. <laughs> um. Hmm. Okay, I'll go with those two, and I'll go with the post-apocalyptic dad, Rick Grimes. Nice. Hmm. Mm. Let's see. Uh. George Jefferson. Oh yeah, love it. Um, let's go with one of my favorites, uh, Philip Banks from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uncle Phil. Uh, I'm going Dr. Jason Seaver from Growing Pains. Nice. Uh, maybe a show for later, Al Bundy. Mm. Good know. call. Um, let's go with... Without saying too much, but I would say ranks with the more recent terrible TV dads. Uh, Nolan Grayson from Invincible. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the show yet, Dad? No, uh, I haven't seen it as yet. Oh, I won't it. say anything else then, but yeah. Um... <laughs> I did see the, the meme with the... I don't know if this is who you're talking about with the Spider-Man meme. <laughs> with him, someone pointing at Homelander, pointing at U.S. Agent. Is that who you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's he him. looks like J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, I think J.K. Simmons is like just doing some voodoo magic behind the scenes. He looks like the yellow M&M? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, Mike Brady. Brady Bunch. Mm. Ooh. Nice. Um, ooh. Oh, uh, Eric Taylor. Hmm. Coach T. Love it. Um, let's go with Ray Barone from Everybody Loves Raymond. Ooh. Very nice. Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. Will it be the first out again? Give me the five count. Three, two, one. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that counts. Nice. Right under the wire. Annual reminder that Girl Meets World is a thing. <laughs> uh, Bob Belcher. I was literally about to do that. I was only going to do it, because I'm a dick, I was only going to do it if Damon got out. <laughs> <laughs> Should have said that first anyways. Um, Alright, let's see. 
Oh, let's go with uh, one of my favorite crotchety old men, uh, Arthur Spooner from The King of Queens. <laughs> yes. Alan Matthews. Nice. <laughs> all right, let's hit the... Let's see. Uh, let's hit all the cartoons. Let's go uh, George Jetson. Mm. Okay. Uh, Fred Flintstone. Man, I can't think of American Dad's dude name. He's American Dad, right? That's his name. Mister yeah. <laughs> <laughs> American Dad. Um, Tim Taylor. Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Nice. Right? That's yep. his name. That's yep. him. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Is that you, Santa? <laughs> 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 Wouldn't it be weird if that's how everyone knew that he was coming down to chimney? Just heard that. <laughs> you gotta leave Santa tools. Honey, get the twelve gauge. <laughs> uh, Stan Smith. That's who you're thinking of. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Um. Oh, I can't think. I don't remember if he has a last name or not. Uh. Uh, Micah from She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. It's uh, Glimmer's dad. I just don't remember if they have a last name. I think that's good enough. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to go with Andy Tyler. I believe that's the last name. Andy Griffith Show. Hmm. Yep. Barney Rubble. Nice. Um... Oh, um, George Petrie from the Dick Van Dyke Show. Hmm. Bruce Wayne. (laughs) 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 Fine. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What show is he a father in? Nah, yeah, that's probably true. He, I don't think they have done the Damien. Uh, storyline in any of the animated shows have they? I, would... I know he's in Titans, but I don't know if it's like if he ha- is if Damien exists in that show or not. That's true. That's true. Okay. Um, I will hold on. Let me come up with another one. Um, Mister hmm. Miller from <laughs> New Girl. There you go. <laughs> nice. Well, we'll go. Uh, we'll go. Uh, Rachel Ghoul. <laughs> there you go. Um, let's go with. I mean, easily the the best dad of all time. Not problematic at all. Tywin Lannister. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, he was a great dad. Great. Yeah. Very attentive to his twins. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> he just wanted the best for him, you know. Totally. Good lord. Five count. Three, two, one. I'm out. Ooh. All right. Well, you lasted a long time, though, so that's that's impressive. Um, all right, Dad. All right. 
let's go with uh, Walder Frey. <laughs> <laughs> just go Game of Thrones back and forth. Um, let's go with another just just shining example of fatherhood, uh, Homelander. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, that's tough. Like, oh, that sure is. Tough. Him just pushing the kid off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, uh, Papa Smurf. <laughs> he's everyone's daddy. I mean, we know daddy. he's someone's dad. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh oh. Five, four, three, two. Yeah, I got nothing. One. All right. Thad wins the round. All right, that was a, that was a good one though. Yeah, well done, all three uh, of us. Um, Thad, what is the drafting order for today? I will go. Uh... Let's see, do I be nice here? <laughs> when, when have you ever been nice on this podcast, Dad? Be real. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'll be nice. I'll go Kyle first. Oh. You're welcome. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, myself and Damon. I'm down for the turnaround. I, I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> down for the turnaround. Okay. Um... All right, so to kick this off, there's really only one show, legitimately only one show that I would be really upset if I didn't get. Um, so I have that to think for this, both for the list order, I mean the draft order and what he brought up uh, on the 70s draft. This wasn't even on my radar until then. Uh, so I got to go with what is Jeopardy? Um, yeah, man. I mean, this is just... a uh, as far as game shows go, nothing beats Jeopardy for me. I, you know, Alex Trebek was an absolute legend. Um, I really had to double check and make sure this started in the 80s because it feels like it's been around forever. It um, has been. I thought it, it, I thought Jeopardy started in the 60s. I'm pretty sure it's 80s, but you, you if you want to fact check and I can, I can pivot real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I, I, th I think it started in the 80s. With with Trebek. Oh, but, was there was there a host before him? Uh, yeah, the first ever episode of Jeopardy was in 1964. But oh, shit. Well, technically, the all new Jeopardy ran from. Oh no, okay, you're right. No, you're right. The new version, the new ver There's three versions, and the new version of Jeopardy premiered in 1984. You are correct. Good. Okay. Good. I remain seated. <laughs> um. Oh, that scared me for a second. Okay, yeah. So Jeopardy, man. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like, I used, as a kid, I used to, like, pretend that I didn't like this show because I didn't want to seem like a nerd. But, like, I feel like even now, like, it's, I don't know a single person who doesn't love watching this show and, like, playing along. You know, like, I just, I don't know half of the stuff that they're talking about most of the time. Um there will be a random like pop culture question in there and I'll be like, okay, I'm, I'm in for this, for this final jeopardy. But I just, yeah, it's a real simple format that I think 
that's why it's lasted so long. That's why it's kind of stood the test of time. Um, you know, it's kind of in flux right now because they're looking for a new host, and obviously that's a really big gap to fill. Um, I'm in the minority. I think I really liked Aaron Rodgers. He was very monotone and took a while to – yeah, Damon is just shaking his head vehemently. Uh, and that, I guess. Um, I, it's, I know. I get it. He was very monotone. Um, I do want to say, though, like, I feel like anyone would have met the same reaction. Like, there, it's going to take a while for us to get used to whoever the new host is. I do think the obvious answer is is LeVar Burton. Like, they, they should go with him. I know he's getting a guest spot coming up in, like, June, I think. Um, so I'm excited for that. But either way, like, I do think I love that, like, there is still a huge fan base for the show, even, you know, with without the the truly like iconic presence of Alex Trebek. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a simple, simple formula that just it's entertaining literally every time. And I love I used to with my roommates in New Orleans, we used to watch like the week and like find our favorite contestant throughout the week. And it was always like the nerdiest, most like introverted one who had no idea how to be on camera. Um, and they're always the smartest, right? Like it, it was just it was great. So I had to knock this one out first. I love this. I'm kind of glad that I thought it started in the 60s because otherwise I probably would have had it on my board and then be mad that I couldn't get it. <laughs> hey, with this, uh, that's a great pick. It's one of the best game shows of all time. I mean, since 84, since Trebek took over, I think he was the first host of that one. Um, it, it's just been amazing. Like it, the, the formula is simple to the point and they just cover so many different topics and I mean, I remember I'd come home from te- from work, uh, from work, yeah, no, from school, and just, you know, I'd always be like, oh, is it time, 4.30? Okay, let me turn it on, let me see what I can get. It was always, like, you always feel special if you get, like, more than a couple, like, as a kid. You're like, I know this, you know? And uh, now as an adult, it's just like, I don't know any of these anymore. Um, it, I don't know, it's, it's something special about that show. And I, I think Trebek was a big part of it. So it, it is very sad that, he, that he's gone now. And I hope uh, Burton takes over. Uh, Thad, how do you feel about Jeopardy? You know, it's the classic. It really is the classic. And like you said, when it's it's almost kind of like comfort food. Yeah. You, yeah, you come home or it's something that you have these memories of just watching with your family and just trying to figure out the answers to the questions. And it's really interesting to see how the game and the strategy has changed now. Uh, I think one of the more recent champions, I cannot remember his name, but he started the trend of trying to hunt for the daily doubles and just started gambling. Like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm risking it all, risking it all. And then I think he's the one that's, I think he's got the record for the highest total after one episode, yeah. just because he started hunting the daily doubles. <laughs> and then it's remarkable to see someone else try and do it. And then, yeah, I'm going to risk it all. And, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was always one of my favorite parts of Jeopardy. Like, people would have, like, this total. They're beating everybody, and they hit the daily double. And, like, to see that flash go through their head. Are they going to risk it all? Are they going to risk nothing? Like... And you, you kind of see what kind of person they are in that moment. So it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of... I love the video. I love the video daily doubles. Do, does anyone else? I do, too. I always love seeing who they manage to pull for those. Really random people sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, here's Steve Irwin. 
<laughs> Ouch. Oh. Uncalled for, sir. <laughs> oh. Um this Jeopardy's like 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 that said it is comfort food as a TV show and I really hope it doesn't go away. I think if they nail the host, it could go another 20 30 years you know like they can just keep up coming up with the the questions i mean my bad the answers because that's another so different but simple differentiation from different other games you know it's like they're giving us the answer we're we're trying to figure out what the question is to get to that answer right it was always so weird as a kid i'm like i don't why do they have to say what is i don't get it um but i don't know I, i i love that about jeopardy now do y'all have a favorite champion, favorite winner? Uh, I'd like Ken Jennings, but I have to say my favorite uh, person or fake person that's ever been on the show is fake Sean Connery. <laughs> I know you're wreck. Yeah, I didn't even mention that. Like one of the most iconic SNL running sketches is is the uh, the Jeopardy bit. Like I just, oh man. I, I saw all the, the memes of like when uh, Connery and Trebek passed away, like they found each other again in heaven. Like, it just like makes me so happy. <laughs> I'll take anal bum cover for five. <laughs> I believe that's album co- an album cover. No, I know. <laughs> what is your mother? <laughs> that's not the right answer. Oh, that, that's so good. And obviously, like, I, I love all the stories you hear about when people tricked their like, their spouse or their family members like watching a tape version or they watch it earlier and then they just wow everybody by knowing every single answer that's what's so up. chaotic i love that <laughs> it is an it's it's a very it's very thad like you know <laughs> have you done that that yet that to anyone uh not as yet <laughs> do it take <laughs> you this as do a it. sign take this as a sign to do it <laughs> there may or may not have already been plans to do this but <laughs> there you go <laughs> Or don't listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that that is the first pick. I was not expecting that, but I'm so glad that got picked. Um, any any last words on Jeopardy before we move on, Kyle? No, I just I do think also just on another note, like it's I love I love that there is something that is like so entertaining, but legitimately is educational for people. I mean, that's always important. So I I love that, you know my dumb ass can watch it and like just have these random facts in my head for the rest of the week. Like, Oh, I know, I know this now about geography or whatever. <laughs> it is a legit trivia show. Like yeah. I, I love the, I learned on it. All right. That's number one. Dad, what's your first pick? Well, I, I'm torn between a couple picks, but I think I have to go with this one. Just the most fun and almost kind of ruthless show of all time. Thank you for being a friend. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) I'm picking the Golden Girls. Yeah. I mean, that show is so much fun, but so ruthless. (laughs) Just like... Sophia just constantly roasting Blanche, just finding ways to, oh, you're comfortable on your back, huh? <laughs> just like, just like those jokes. I'm not sure they would even come close to flying now, but they're just so 
hilarious. It's like, it can only happen when you're in a group of friends. And that's what I love about it. It's like, only your friends can roast you that hard. And you're like, oh, whatever. Fine. It's like, <laughs> you're an asshole, but you're like one of us. So it's fine. It's like, yeah. I love that. Kyle, do you love the Golden Girls? I do. I, I, I love how, like, sassy this show is man i mean betty white is a national treasure and like a lot of that a lot of that has to do with this show um she was always my favorite character rose but i i yeah everything that said like a lot of this stuff they could not get away with now and that's a lot of the charm and they're just there is just something so charming and fun about old ladies just like ruthlessly roasting each other and just roasting other people i mean that's really the entire show so i love it <laughs> it really is i mean it honestly you, you get to see life as from their viewpoint and it's it's these four older ladies and you really get to see that life isn't over after 50 or 60 whatever you think you know like they're still you know really youthful in their age really like they're still living life and not letting it stop them and you see how fun they have you know and they they joke and they burn each other and uh it's it, i don't know like i didn't really notice it as a kid but on recent rewatches like they're they're pretty sexual beings yeah like i think one joke i remember reading about was like the fact that the worst the bad thing about dating uh what is it a, a man and uh, older men is you can only go to their house or something along those lines <laughs> Oh, man, yeah, man on life support is the only, the bad thing about that is you can only go to their house. Right. <laughs> uh, it's much better when they tell it. But <laughs> I didn't get to see it as much because it was not in heavy rotation uh, at my grandma's or my parents. But the one, the episodes I've watched, I've always really, really enjoyed. Who's y'all's favorite? You said uh, Rose is your favorite, Kyle? Yeah, definitely Rose. And Thad? Uh, you know what? I'll go Blanche. I like Blanche. I, I think Blanche had some spice to her. She was she was really fun. Um, I, I, I need to watch more Golden Girls. I really do. I feel like I if I watched the whole series, I would be even more in love with the, with them. Um, do you have a favorite moment of the show? That you know, I think my I don't really have a favorite episode because they all kind of uh. God, is that you? <laughs> My favorite thing about the show is that it just has the running bit of just Sophia roasting Blanche for being, uh, let's say, sexually awakened. <laughs> and Rose for just being an airhead. Yeah. I mean, that is just my favorite thing about the show. Like, it didn't matter what hijinks they got into. That was the constant thing. And somehow, Sophia's always finding, like, if they left just a little sliver, Sophia's just like, aha, I know I can roast you for this. <laughs> you know, I wish more shows would have friends roasting each other. I feel like it's there, but it's not enough. You know, like, it needs to show friends just literally like just dragging each other on a daily basis you know that because that's that's true friendship it really really is yeah um, 
as if we don't like rave about New Girl enough, that is definitely one of its one of its biggest strengths. Is like they all hate each other. Like they love each other, but they just constantly are going in on each other. Also, always always Sunny is great about that as well. Yes, <laughs> they are just people in general. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Very and, nice. you know, Golden Girls is another show where you've probably got uh, at least each person kind of represents a Hogwarts house. Yes. Oh, OK. OK. So so what are we getting? Are we getting uh, Rose is what Hufflepuff? Yes, mm-hmm. I would say Rose is a Hufflepuff. Sophia is a Slytherin. Um, I Blanche. think Blanche is a Ravenclaw. Well, OK, well. She did buy a hotel at the end of the series and yeah. start the spinoff. So that's true. Very true. Okay, and that leaves Dorothy for for Griffin. Uh, for yeah, Griffin. yeah. Okay, I can dig that. I I love Cruise of Four because yeah, you can always get into that split of the health of the Hogwarts houses, or you know, which Ninja Turtle are they? I like that one. Yeah. Right. Um. Golden Girls had to be picked like that. That is a true classic. And I think people will just talk about that more and more. Um, so and like like you said, Betty White is an icon at this point. She's she truly is. She's going to live longer than any of us, I think. Yeah, I'm knocking on wood just because you said that. Yeah, no Man. kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, those are the first two picks. And I think before we get to my first two picks, we're going to go to a quick break. Welcome back from break. We are breaking down our favorite 80s TV shows. Um, we just broke down the first two picks with uh, my pick uh, with Jeopardy and Thad's with the Golden Girls. Now we're moving to Damon for your first two picks. What you got for us? All right. Um, I'm going with a show that I grew up on. It was one that was, I believe, on ABC late at night. It was after like they finished all their like. It was after the news. Nah. I was, I don't ever go to sleep, especially as a kid. I always had problems passing out, so I would just watch TV until I just eventually got tired. And this was on almost every single night. It was the back to back of this and then MASH. And like I said before, I'd always turn it off as soon as MASH came on. Um, But this show, I just loved. I don't know what it was. It was like the banter between everybody was just so crisp and fun. They loved being around each other, even if they ragged on each other. This was another show that people liked to, to you know, pretty much drag, drag everybody. Um, and I'm talking about Cheers. Mm. Okay. And for one, the, the theme song is pretty amazing. You know, making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Um and it really makes you want to be in a place where everybody knows your name like that. It's a really kind of a hokey catch line catchphrase at this point. But like when you see them and everybody always say, hey, Norm, you know, when they walk in and they're just like just like one a part of the gang. It made you want to be a part of that. You wanted to be sitting at that bar with them as a six, seven year old. I was like, I want to be there. I want to be in that bar. You know, I didn't know what the hell people did in bars. I I had no no idea. I didn't want to drink any alcohol or anything, but I just wanted to be there when uh when Ted's character was just telling them to to chill out and Kirsty's character was making everybody laugh. Um, I was a person who grew up on the Kirsty episode, so I remember watching the an episode because Shelley Long was the I believe the main character for the first few seasons. Yeah, I remember seeing her 
And I was like, who is this person? I don't know what's happening. Um, but I find those episodes just as fun. But man, this is just one of my favorite ensembles. Like you got Rhea Perlman, you got Ted Danson, who is like maybe now maybe one of the best, like I'd say like on the Mount Rushmore, like the A-team of sitcom characters, like sitcom actors, you know, like he's been in two or three truly iconic shows at this point now, like The Good Place, you got Cheers, he was on, I believe, uh, Arrested Development as well. No, not Arrested, uh, Larry Sanders show, I think. Larry David show. Larry David show. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. Um, you got John Ratzenberger. You got Kelsey Grammer, who, of course, I mean, hit, hit, that character was so fun, they made Frasier out of that, okay? Um, which is another amazing show. You got Woody Harrelson at his, like, early, early days as that crazy, fun character. Uh, as I mentioned before, you got Shelley Long and Kirstie Alley. I don't know. I just love the feeling of it. It was a very warm show. It was super funny. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of the humor went over my head as a kid. Um, but even then, I, I, I just still remember enjoying every single minute of it. Um, you know, I, I felt like they knew my name. <laughs> uh, Kyle, how do you feel about Cheers? Yeah, man, it's it's hard to... so kind of a running theme um, of this Children of the Tube series is we're always talking about how it's crazy to believe that like these shows ran for such little amount of time. And this one, like, I think it was like a decade long or maybe even longer. Um, and that's impressive. And it was such a fun show. Like, I, I, I agree. Uh, Ted Danson is just like the king of, of sitcom appearances. Um, my favorite character was always Woody, just because like early... You know, early Woody Harrelson is just a gem. <laughs> like, I love him now just because of how weird he is and all the weird roles he chooses. But he was just, oh, he was so funny on this show. Such a such a goofball. And then, like, you know, maybe talking about Frasier um, on the next episode of this podcast, but arguably one of the best spinoffs of all time. I mean, he's great in, in Cheers, but just, oh, man, I love that show. But, yeah, this is a classic. I would say this is ranks up there as one of the best ensembles on a sitcom because everyone is given a joke. Everyone is given time to shine. Um, And then, you know, like Jack and Diane for a period of, obviously I have personal favorites of like TV relationships now, but for a period of time, Jack and Diane were the thing they were. I mean, that's the whole phrase now because they had that will they, won't they relationship that just, you know, parts of it haven't aged super well. Um, I mean, it's, you know, the 80s, <laughs> but uh, it's still like it kind of sets that standard for TV relationship. There's a reason that that slow burn, will they, won't they kind of relationship works so well on TV. And I feel like this kind of perfected that formula for a while. So it's a great pick. Dad, how do you feel about Cheers? I mean, it's it's set in the New England bar. I mean, I, I feel <laughs> like I kind of have to love it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, he was a Red Sox relief pitcher. I mean, would you call this the uh, the apex of mail carriers, of mailmen? <laughs> you know what? I, probably. Yeah, probably. I'd go with it, that. It's this or uh, Mr. Rogers with uh, the mail guy, the mailman on that. <laughs> yeah. I really oh, like are we... He's pretty cool. Yeah, are, yeah. Are we... <laughs> Are we counting the male guy from Blue's Clues? <laughs> Do we, we ever should. see? 
I forget. That's what makes him so great. He's an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> we just he really does get... come with a quartet. <laughs> oh, I love Cliff though. Cliff and Norm. Cliff and Norm. I think as a kid, they might have been like my favorite just because of their back and forth with each other, and they just seem so done with the world. Yeah. And as a kid, I really related to that. <laughs> and then as an adult, you relate a little too much, and you're like, okay, this isn't funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. I have not, like, revisited this show probably since I was a kid. And, like, I, is it even streaming anywhere? Do y'all know? I know it was on Netflix for the longest time. I don't know if it's still on there anymore, though. I think I just felt like watching it as a kid so much. I was like, yeah, I don't need to watch this again. I know what's up. But like, it's like now I'm thinking it's like, I don't remember any specific storyline. I just remember the vibes and the vibes of, of Cheers was super fun and, and warm. Like that, yeah. that's just my word to use for the show. Um, who's who, So uh, dad, who was your favorite character? Was it, was it Cliff? It's between Cliff and, uh, you know my Red Sox relief pitcher. So, you know, I'll you know what? I'll give me the mailman. Give me Cliff. <laughs> okay, I will say one more thing before we go to my next pick. Cheers did something that like I don't know if any show has other shows really done or it's done as well. And they really pivoted because when Shelley Long's character left, you know, they went through that slow burn. Will they? Won't they? And they were pretty much the main characters. And then they went from that. And then Kirsty's character came in, and they switched to a, a pretty much a full ensemble show, and it just pretty much didn't miss a beat. Like it just kept chugging along, and with that much success, can y'all think of a show that's really changed that much? Like mid series. Yeah, that's a great call because like the only example I can think of is one where it did not work at all was The Office. You know, Steve Carell leaves and the last two seasons are terrible. <laughs> so yeah, there's not not a lot of, lot of shows who yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of shows who have gotten rid of the lead and then been amazing afterwards. You know, that's very true. I mean, like for really like it shouldn't have worked. It should have just like bombed. But Kirstie Alley. She came up out of nowhere and started her career off of the show. Like, I was a big fan of uh, Look Who's Talking, mm. the baby, mm. of the movie, movie series. Yeah, I loved those. She was great in it. Um, so I was a big Kirstie Alley fan growing up. Like, she was everywhere for me. Cheers, those movies. I was like, give me more Kirstie Alley. I was very sad to see her kind of disappear in the two thousands. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I just thought about one. Uh, Spin City. Oh, that is a good call. Yeah. They, what was the thing up in that? I, I forget. Michael J. Fox with Parkinson's. Yeah. And then uh, Charlie Sheen came in. Mm -hmm. And the show actually didn't fall off. Like, it wasn't the same. You still miss Michael J. Fox. But the quality of the show still kind of stayed at least pretty close to it. Okay. Yeah. I dig it. Um, well, I'm glad y'all left me cheers. I was really sad that i got got last pick because i was like i don't know if cheers is gonna make it but i'm glad it did um and then i'm going to pair it with my second pick and i i didn't think i was gonna go with this second but knowing y'all it might not be back when i comes back to me so i'm getting it off the board i'm going with transformers <laughs> we've already talked about it um 
you know, robots in disguise. If you don't know what we're talking about, you are literally living under a rock right now for the last <laughs> 40 years. It is an iconic franchise, TV show, movies. And, of course, it was a pretty much a show to sell t- uh, toys. Like, that was pretty much the backing of all animated shows before the 2000s and still kind of is. But they're like, how do we sell these these toys? Let's Let's make that TV show happen. It's such a crazy idea when you think about it. These alien alien beings come to Earth and they hide in the disguise of, well, <laughs> these uh these Autobots. They they, they hide in the, the disguise of these cars and, and ships and planes. And it's so bizarre, but it's just so fun. You don't even care. Um, you got our favorites like Optimus Prime. Uh, you got Bumblebee. You got Jazz. You got Ironhide was one of my favorites. And of course, you know, you got the baddies, the the Decepticons. Uh, you got Megatron and of course Starscream, that crazy ass motherfucker, always wanting to <laughs> her own. Um, Shockwave. Um, there's so like there's so many now, I can't name them all. But the show was just super fun. And the fact that it spawned what it did, like it spawned a blockbuster movie franchise that they're still going and being rebooted now. I don't know how that's going. Bumblebee was pretty cool. I got to say, I enjoyed that one. Um, It's just super fun. And when I think of 80s, it's hard for me not to think of the Transformers, you know, because it's it wouldn't have been made in any other decade other than the 80s. Yeah. And, And the fact that it's still going is just probably a lot of nostalgia. But at the same time, it's just super fun. It's a really fun, goofy idea that if you don't think about it and run with it, you can have so much fun with. So I had to pick Transformers because I was I was scared Dad was going to get it, talking about watching the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, are you mad? Uh, it was on my list, but uh, I've got some other ones. I'm all right. Okay, good. How, how do you feel about Transformers? I mean, I love it. I mean, I'm going through and rewatching the episodes now. It really makes me think about Bumblebee is the one that got a spin-off movie. Right. <laughs> Bumblebee? I feel the same way. Like, how is he the most popular one now? Because he's so bad in the original show. <laughs> and then up in the movie. Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. Like they decided to focus on him instead of Hot Rod. Where's love for my boy Hot Rod? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's Hot Rod Roddy Razor, okay? I'm not cool with it. <laughs> Um, who's your favorite uh, Decepticon, Dad? Uh, Soundwave. Oh, Ooh. I cannot. I mean, I just love Soundwave. I mean, he. This may be the grandfather in me speaking, but I love that he's got like a tape deck like in his chest, <laughs> <laughs> just like a tape just popping out of his chest, and it turned into like, oh, they're like baby Transformers. One is like a bird. <laughs> One is a, one is like a, a domesticated dog, and like I think he was a Doberman. Is he supposed to be like patented after a Doberman? I, but this like Soundwave has just the most awesome voice. When you're a kid and you first hear Soundwave, you it's like, oh, that guy is cool. It's like yes, even though he's a bad guy, it's like that guy is cool. And then you look at Megatron, and you're like, 
what's his he just transforms into like someone else's accessory <laughs> like he's the leader he just turns into a gun that someone else can use like the, that guy's the leader yeah that was a weird one that, that that was the weirdest choice i think um i love that leonard nimoy voiced him though uh in the movies and everything that, that was a pretty good one yeah uh, kyle how do you feel about transformers I love it, man. I feel like between this and um, Voltron in the 80s, that's a big reason why there is such love for robots. I mean, there is really something. So, you know, I mean, it's. I feel like I don't have to say it. The Michael Bay movies are pretty garbage. But, like, there is something so, like, there is a childhood, like, glee in just watching robots just beat the shit out of each other. You know, like, it's kind of, it's kind of why Godzilla versus Kong worked. It's just pure mindless fun. Um, it's got a banging theme song. Just love that theme. Um, I feel like eighties and nineties cartoons really like just ruled in that category. Um, and then the voice work is great. I mean, you have Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime is incredible. Frank Welker, like Bugs Bunny himself as Megatron. What a heel turn. <laughs> um, Casey Kasem's in there. I forgot who he voiced. Maybe he probably voiced more than one character because he's Casey Kasem. Um, I think he was, I can't remember. I know he was in there somewhere. But it was stacked with a, an incredible voice cast. And then, yeah, just incredible movie. Spawned really like a fantastic uh, movie. I'm sorry, I said incredible. Incredible series spawned an incredible movie in the 80s. Um, love the original Transformers movie. Almost more than the series, I think. Um, I did. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a, an amazing movie. It, it's, it's, it's incredible. Probably on the '80s movies track. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a safe bet. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great show. It is like I said, the '80s and '90s have these animated shows that are just pure, like fun. They're really stupid sometimes, but that's kind of the point. Um, there's another one that I'll probably be talking about next. It's just so stupid and cheesy, but it's so fun to watch. Um, yeah, it's it's a great second pick. Who's your favorite uh, Autobot, Kyle? Um, favorite Autobot would probably be, at least when I watched it growing up, it was probably Ironhide and Decepticon. Like I was that kid who loved Starscream. I don't care. I'll admit it. <laughs> so I, I rode hard for, for Starscream. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, like I said, I am a hot rod guy through and through. I will always love hot rod, but I got to give love to, to Optimus. Like, He's like the perfect leader. He had the best voice. He, Autobots roll out is an iconic line, and people will say it probably, hopefully, longer than the series. Like people will say that, and people are like, what does that mean? I don't know. I'm just, just <laughs> hey, just go with it. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I got a question for the both of you now. Yeah, we mentioned a movie. Let's play. Let's play the uh, the famous game of. Uh, did you cry during the Transformers movie? Yes. There is no no answer to this. It's always yes. <laughs> How did not cry during that movie. That 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 was just that was brutal, man. It's I, been a while since I've seen it because I can't find it anywhere. I, I think I'm just gonna buy it. I, I'm gonna buy it on Amazon because yeah. I have to watch it again, especially before the next uh, the '80s movie draft. But how can you not cry in that movie? It's 
But and it also, hits you out of nowhere. It's just like it's supposed to be. Again, I watched it at a really young age, and I was like, "Why am I feeling so many emotions about robots right now?" Like that, and then I, I'm pretty sure I watched The Iron Giant around the same age. And again, like, holy shit! Stop making me cry. Just give me fun robot fights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why we're all so messed up now. <laughs> Emotional attachments to robots. <laughs> Thanks, Optimus. <laughs> All right, those are my first two picks, Cheers and Transformers. What a combo. I dare y'all to, to beat that. With the 80s, it's going to be very possible because there's like a lot of great TV we got still going. So, Dad, let's, let's hit a, that second pick of yours. Space, the final frontier. We're going with Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes. Speaking um, of Android love. Is this not a 90 series? It is not. It's wait, wait, hold on. Let's I let's make sure. started in like 88 and then the rest of the run was in the 90s. Yeah, that you, you remember the rule. You know the rules. It has to be mainly in the nine. It was 87 to 94. So that is three years of the 80s to five years of the 90s. That that is not available for this draft. Really? You're discounting it. I thought we told you these rules before. It has to be major majority of the show has to be in the decade we are drafting. Well, okay, let's just to give it a fighting chance, let's look at actual like episode count because I have oh. done this for other series and There's it depends on the 8 episodes. Okay. Let's see how many there are in the 80s as opposed to the to the others might be close i yeah i'll give you that it's it is almost evenly split i think but let's let's see there's a whole extra 26 episodes of in the 90s and there's actually there's only a, there's a 22 episode season in the 80s so even then it's still four behind yeah there's more in the in the 90s man that's rough mm. that's rough buddy <laughs> I hate to shoot it down, but like, mm. it could, also, it just feels like more of a 90s series, you know? Like, I don't know. I, Damon, I, do you think we should veto this or? By, by our, our very basic rules that we have made, it should be vetoed. I almost want to say go for it because I don't know if it's going to get picked in the, in the 90s TV draft. Because the 90s is even more loaded, I feel like, than the 80s. Yeah, I do. Just off of that, I want to, like, say give it a chance. Because just knowing our guest for the 90s, like, I don't think he'll pick it. And I don't know if either of us will pick it. So We do make our own rules here. And we can choose when <laughs> I want to break them. Um, if you yeah, want to true. veto it, you can. I mean, I have another pick. I mean, it is the 80s. But I just... I, I want a chance for this show to be talked about in general. So if you want, if you want to go ahead with it, that's let's, that's fine with me. Let's roll with it because I'm down with it being picked. Yes, let, let's let's go with it. Okay, because I was about to get very angry and tell you both to suck my ridges. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us about Captain Jean Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise, please. I believe Jean-Luc is the greatest Star Trek captain. Hot take. Maybe not so hot take. Not a hot take. I absolutely agree. 
I believe uh, William Riker is the best second officer. Maybe more of a hot take, but I kind of agree. I do love I, I love um, Spock, but yeah, Riker is is number one. Yeah, and you know what? Like, why not? I'm gonna say that Beverly Crusher is a better medical officer. Are you That's... just gonna? It's a better crew than every other crew because I'm okay with it. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say that. <laughs> just go down the line of every character it's very close she's it's a better doctor better. you know what she's more qualified than bones there you go <laughs> totally fair <laughs> but you know it, i mean star trek the next generation it really brought us a lot of you know other than being just a great show and the perfect kind of bridge from the original series it really did bring us a lot of technological advances that we didn't really think of then but now it's kind of like oh we do have that now we have this now oh okay like i'm still waiting for that food replicator i'm not sure i'll ever get that one but (laughs) that's fine i forgive them but i mean you know you got the kid from stand by me in this who refuses to acknowledge who's in stand by me shut up wesley (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, I'd, it's the perfect science fiction show to me. It's It hits every beat. You introduce the Borg, who may be the greatest villains. Yes. Science fiction. Yeah. I mean, we must assimilate. Locutus. <laughs> and, I mean, it also brought us... Uh, uh, Tom Hardy in the movies. One of their weaker movies, but yes, it did bring us Tom Hardy. I forgot about that. Who's, who's your character, Thad? I gotta go with Riker. Hmm. That's fair. I like Riker. I um, love. I love. Uh, is that O'Brien trying to beam us up? Um, <laughs> I love Data. I love, uh, you know, we just spoke about LeVar Burton. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jordy. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Guinan. Yep. Yeah, yep. I mean, what else can you say about this show? The show is just, even now, it does not age. It holds up. The only thing that doesn't really hold up is the flashlights. <laughs> but that's so small that's like other than the flashlights everything else kind of adds up yeah some of the tech is bound to be like a little aged so yeah. for for that it, it's a very small margin with this show this is an amazing it really is it's my it's by far in my eyes the best star trek show do you uh, do you agree yeah, yeah i i mean i go back and forth between this and the original just cuz it is the original and it's groundbreaking in a lot of ways but i think I, th- I think like episode by episode this one is the more entertaining one you know i agree i mean this is the star trek i grew up with like this is i watched this my mom is the trekkie and this is was what she had on tv like half the time and so i would watch episodes on episodes it was so fun jean luc picard is one of my favorite characters of sci-fi like he's so calm and and very well spoken. He always tried to do what was best. And I remember, like, 
it was whenever he would get like kind of like raise would raise his voice or like get actually kind of angry i'd be like oh shit yeah wow picard is something's happening like something's going down and like i, I love like the whole picard storyline with the board so, you know like th- those are an amazing villains i love the way they look just like super androidy and and everything like that and data honestly i think is is maybe my second favorite character like he was just so fun and like showing you how like this kind of this android could be like a person just as human as everyone else on board you know i really love those storylines um and you know a red shirt's got to be a red shirt (laughs) (laughs) every series apparently those the suits they wore were like the worst fitting like the worst filling suits ever and they complained about them like the entire series so i always like to bring that up um kyle what, what are your thoughts on tng as a as a series yeah this is uh i'm glad that we are are breaking our own rules because again i don't think this will be picked um for the 90s pod just because like you said there's like so many good shows from that decade um and this is a really great show, so I'm glad Thad picked it. Uh, I would agree it's probably, yeah, like I said, I go back and forth between the original and this, but this is definitely the one that I've seen the most of. Um, really love the movies. I mean, I love Wrath of Khan. I love hashtag Space Whales um, from the original movies, but the Next Generation movies are really great. I mean, First Contact is probably my favorite Star Trek movie in general um just continuing that awesome storyline from the board you also get like the mirror world uh, gets great representation in this show i love those kind of episodes um yeah the crew is really strong like i i feel like and we talked about this in the 60s episode the 60s show is great because of like the tone and it's very optimistic and very hopeful and this is like it's optimistic as well, but it's also it, like it goes to some very dark places, which I feel like works better for the time that it came out. Um, it takes a little bit more of a serious tone for this, you know, the sci-fi genre. Um, no, no tribbles in this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a great show. Patrick Stewart is just such a great actor. Like I, I really want to check out Picard. Just like I'm really bad about new Star Trek content, just because like I just. It's not like Star Wars where something new comes out and I immediately just jump on it. But I do want to watch Picard because it's such an interesting idea of him being like this old kind of retired captain. And I don't know, I guess being brought back into the fight or whatever. I just I'm very curious to see what happens with it. I believe Jonathan Frakes is in it as well, right? Like Riker comes back as well. Yes, he's all he also directs some of the episodes, too. Oh, awesome. Yeah, because I remember he directed some of the the movies. Um, Yes. So that's exciting. I, I want to check that out. I don't have a, a CBS All Access, but I might get a free trial and just burn through the, the series. All Access anymore, Kyle. It's oh. Plus. Oh, God damn it. I forgot about that. Yeah. Stupid. Another plus. <laughs> Which I will say, I, I'm excited about because it's giving us Avatar content soon, or at least in the near future. So you, you should get it uh, at least. I forgot about that. I'll have to subscribe whenever that the new content comes out because i mean that might also have cheers eventually too right because cheers was an nbc show right oh well if it's nbc you would go to peacock it's i so uh, i looked it up cheers is on hulu and peacock right now gotcha huh i might be binging that here shortly 
it's so confusing. There just needs to be a streaming service that has everything. And I'll pay I will pay like a hundred dollars a month just for like everything. If only <laughs> if only that's how streaming worked. <laughs> I know, like right <laughs> out the window. <laughs> Don't put that into the universe. Some guy is like, Hey, did you hear that? The Planet Fantasy guy is like a hundred dollars a month. Let's do it, guys. <laughs> Let's go rob a bank, guys. They said so. All TV and all movies, though. I mean, I would think about it. Oh, yeah. I really would. People say that's not a good investment, but they don't understand how much I like how much of my life I spend watching TV and movies. Like, I feel like it would be a worthy investment because that's most of my time right now. I'm very glad that got picked, even though technically it is breaking the rules. We break rules here. We let the agent of chaos do it. So that's a that's a deadly duo. The Golden Girls and Star Trek. I want to see a crossover. I want to see Blanche and Rose and them on the on the uh, seeing seeing. It. I think that'd be fun. Blanche would absolutely go to Riza. <laughs> Blanche is one hundred percent on Riza. Yes. Oh man. Okay. Okay. So that that's uh, we're about to have the last pick of the second round. But I think before we do that, we're going to do another quick break. Hey there, everyone at home. Planet Fantasy is brought to you by title of your sex tape. Have you ever been wondering if you needed to say something funny and just couldn't come up with the right thing? Do you never really know what to say? Are you just really just humorless? If that's the case. I give to you title of your sex tape, the sure bona fide way to make everyone laugh. Hey, someone just said, yeah, I had a great time the other day with you. Uh, you know, we really had some great shots. Title of your sex tape. Oh, it was great seeing you there, mom. Title of your sex tape. Oh, well, it doesn't work with everything, but you get the gist. And we're back, and we're just talking about 80s TV shows on another episode of The Children of the Tube. We love our TV. We're addicts. You know, that's pretty much all we do nowadays. Uh, Kyle had Jeopardy for the first overall pick of this draft. What, sh- what you got for your second pick? All right, so for number two, um, like I said, there's a lot of really just great animated stuff from this decade. Oh, there's two that I'm torn between. I don't know y'all well enough to know which one you'd go with because we've never really talked about either of these shows. But yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to go with He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Um, I think it only ran for like two seasons, question mark. I think it was two or three seasons, if even that. Again, another show that... Seemed like it was on for such a long time, but it really only, I mean, it had a very short run. Um, it started in 83, just an iconic, another one that's like similar to Transformers has spawned this huge um, franchise. You know, uh, they're remaking it, I think, like next year on Netflix with a really stacked cast. I mean, you've got like Mark Hamill voicing Skeletor, which is incredibly exciting. I mean, that's perfect. Um but the the OG is just so fun. It's just ridiculous. It's so stupid, but it's so fun. Uh, you know, He-Man is is just one of the iconic himbos of pop culture. Uh, just so stupid, but so lovable. 
Um, it also, I'm going to like age myself, but also not. It also spawned pretty much what I would consider the greatest YouTube video of all time. When YouTube had just started out, um, this is like 05, 06, there was uh, a video made. Yeah, Damon knows exactly what I'm talking about. It is, all you have to look up is like, hey, with a bunch of A's after it, and you'll know what I'm talking about. It is like YouTube's national anthem. It's seen from this show, cut to the the song, What's Up by, or what What's Going On by Four Non Blondes. Just incredible stuff. Um, but the show itself is, like I said, goofy and cheesy and like everything you want from an 80s series. Uh, you know, it spawned off a great spinoff with She-Ra, Princesses of Power. Of course, that has been remade. Um, definitely, that was definitely a case where a re the remake is better. I mean, I love I love the Netflix She-Ra. Um, so I'm excited for what Netflix does with, with He-Man. But Skeletor is just like an iconic villain. Um the phrase for the honor of Grayskull, I feel like doesn't get enough play as far as like, you know, we talked about Autobots assemble and or Autobots roll out and just all of all of these iconic phrases from these old shows. I feel like for the honor of Grayskull should get more play because it's so cool and you can use it in like any context. I feel like next time I'm in line at like a Starbucks, I'm just going to scream that while I'm waiting for my coffee. Um, but it's a great show. Again, it's cheesy. It's really dumb. But it just it's like fantasy at its very best. You know, you pretty much stole everything I wanted to talk about because I have never seen the show, but I've seen the what's going on video probably <laughs> like a hundred plus times. I have it on right now actually watching because it's amazing. It's it's so funny. Um, yeah, I just pretty much showed the dudes a himbo. They made a live action movie of it in the eighties or nineties of it that looked just so cheesy and terrible um i have seen she-ra which i believe is such an amazing tv show um it just ended i believe this past year i believe mm -hmm. it was the last season yeah it is in like may of 2020 but i mean the fact that he-man is still being mentioned like shows the staying power of of what that two season show was like it was crazy but it was a crazy in a good way it, like it could only have been made in the 80s with all that cocaine they're like you know <laughs> let's have this guy who who yells about Grayskull and has this big-ass sword and fights this guy named Skeletor. Um, Skeletor, I think, probably has one of the all-time greatest voices of a villain. Yes. Yeah! 100%. Yeah, it's that really, really high-pitched Grady voice. Um, I cannot wait to hear Mark Hamill do that. Like, that's going to be epic. Um, but that's that's about all I got to say about, about He-Man. Dad, how, how do you feel about He-Man? I just love he man <laughs> i mean it it is so dumb but it's just fantastic i mean back then i didn't think you know you're watching it and you don't really realize like he's kind of become or was even then like the most like homoerotic cartoon <laughs> and then as yeah. an adult you're watching it and you're like Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just it's fluff, but it's perfect fluff. Like you can't beat like perfect fluff. Like there are shows who try to be fluff and it's terrible. But if as long as it's fun, it's perfect. And this is exactly what it is. It's fun. Like there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's just fun. 
And, you know, speaking of staying power, have you guys seen the uh, the UK uh, money supermarket commercials? Yes. Oh, is it the one where they're dancing together? Yes! So yeah. good. <laughs> oh my god, that's epic. Um, and yeah, the fact that like my favorite two things of He-Man are like commercials in a YouTube video is like so bizarre when talking about a TV show from the 80s, but here we are. Um, those are epic, and I would watch that. I'm probably going to watch that as soon as we get off of uh, this podcast episode. I'm going to put, <laughs> put those back to back and just watch them probably for an hour. And just so. practice your Skeletor voice. Yes, because I need to. <laughs> Let me hear y'all's. Let me hear your Skeletor, Thad. Ha ha ha! He-Man! Yes. That was, that was good. That was really good. Kyle, yes! <laughs> this is why we do a podcast and not voice acting. <laughs> yes. There's not voice actors here. Um, I wish. That, that'd be the dream job. Really oh, yeah. That would be so um, fun. All right. Well, Kyle, do you have any any other thoughts you wanted to, to tell people about He-Man before we move to your next pick? No, just I, just give it a watch. Like, it's it's fun. It's you If you're in the right mindset, I would even say if we were to do another, you know, things to watch while high and extend it to deep TV shows, this is a great can, candidate because it's, like, really colorful and, like, just really – funny and and goofy so it's it's a it's a fun watch um it tries to get into like some serious stuff sometimes like there's an episode where skeletor tricks he-man into thinking he killed someone or whatever and he tries to like give up being he-man it doesn't work like it's somehow the highest rated episode on imdb which i think is wild because it's like that's not the type of show this is we all know that like just let it be stupid let it be goofy um but yeah, it's it's just really fun. It was fun as a kid, and now watching it, it has a bit of like the mystery science theater aspect to it, where like it's just I, I love watching it and narrating the entire time how stupid the events of the episode are. <laughs> I love it. All right, what an outfit to fight crime in, too. Yes, right. Not not constricting at all. <laughs> I want to see He Man on Jeopardy and see how he. <laughs> okay, um, I want that crossover. Yes. Okay, it's Kyle. The, the the first pick of the third round. What what are you going with? All right, so I'm gonna switch gears a little bit. I just talked about stuff that is like you know He Man is really goofy and silly, and then this one uh, I feel like as far as '80s content goes, does a good job of like the serious tone when it wants to, um, but it is just one of the greatest TV duos of all time. Uh, I'm talking about Miami Vice. Um, just if you think about like the vibe of the 80s right it's damon just has said and keeps saying like it's cocaine like all of these movies and tv shows are fueled by cocaine and this show is definitely like not an exception to that um just an absolute crazy show for the 80s like it still holds up surprisingly well i mean the action is still fun to watch the music is incredible because we all know 80s music is the best there ever was um Fun fact is, like, I think it was, like, the pilot or one of the very early episodes in the show was the debut of Phil Collins in the air tonight, which is wild. The first time it was ever heard was in, in the episode. And the, the scene that it accompanies is just cinematic gold. Like, it's like, I think they're trying to catch someone at night until it's this car chase. And then, you know, it's all quiet. And then, of course, the drum solo comes in as they're pulling up on him. And it's just... Ah, it's 80s perfection, right? It's everything you love about the 80s, bombastic and huge and over the top. 
Um, and then the duo of Crockett and Tubbs is just like, oh man, they're so great together. Um, also another fun fact is like my favorite, one of my favorite directors, Michael Mann got his start on this show, directing a, a few episodes. He is the one who remade it. He made the movie in 06 with, uh, with Jamie Foxx and Colin Farrell. Um, obviously he used a lot of the aspects of this show for the basis or inspired his movie heat. And we all know, you know, that's my favorite movie of all time. So I, I just love seeing the DNA of that movie in, you know, parts of this show. Um, but again, it's like, it's just the epitome of cool, you know, like eighties, eighties style. I love the, the ridiculous suit combos that Don Johnson pulls off. No one else could have pulled that off in that show. Like the man is stylish. Um, and it's just fun. It's a fun crime show that like gets serious when it wants to, but like it's kind of self-aware. So it's like sometimes poking fun at itself and it's just, it's super fun. Dad, do you like Miami Vice? I do like Miami Vice. Uh, I think as a kid, I was watching it, and uh, let's... Okay, you know how some... One of the questions, going a little bit further into the future, with the with the new Jurassic Parks, how Ron Howard's daughter was running through the park in, like, these heels, and the main <laughs> question was, how is she running through this park without breaking a heel? Yeah. My question with Don Johnson is, how are people not even talking about how smelly his feet are <laughs> like he's wearing these hot shoes with no socks in the miami heat with a button down <laughs> and these not really forgiving pants either right it's like you know his feet smelled really bad i don't care how much you're on the boat like <laughs> yeah my man is 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 just all kinds of smells at the end of a work day. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, this show gave us a lot. I mean, you know, it gave us Don Johnson, you know, who, who was great. The Miami Vice, like, aesthetic is essentially, like, I don't know. Like, that's almost what people think of when you think 80s. Like, Miami Vice is probably the most 80s TV show. Like, it was so 80s, it, it ended like in January 1990 they're like yeah we can't do this anymore it won't work <laughs> it's it, like they were done with all the cocaine and the the co the bright colors was just was just wasn't going to pop like they were and i like like the genre of the show that they have on wikipedia they have action crime drama and then they have neo noir they're like yeah, noir, but yeah. colorful <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like yeah i guess that i would say that's pretty much miami vice um, I, I have to admit, I don't think I have ever seen the full episode of Miami Vice, to be completely honest. It was not in the rotation. Um, I, I don't think any of my family wanted to watch it. So I, I only ever heard about it, you know, and I know all the knew all the, like the jokes about it and everything like that, but that's all I ever got. Um, I, I kind of dug the, the movie adaptation they made. Um, you know, I hear it's kind of divisive, but I thought that was pretty cool. Um, not nearly as 80s as it needed to be, though. Yeah, it, it, it is definitely like it came out in 06. So there was definitely the that was right when those remakes started to think like, OK, the grittier, the better, which works for some things, doesn't work for others. I, I too, I like the movie just because I'm a I'm a man, Michael Mann fanboy. So I think that I have some blinders on for it, but it is it's a really fun take on it. And the best thing about it is that you can't make this kind of thing without chemistry between the two leads. And uh, Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx work off each other really well. 
Um, and that's definitely like the heart of this show is Don Johnson and Philip Michael Thomas. Like they just work off each other really. You definitely believe their back and forth and their partnership on the show. Well, I I think we would have been like reamed if we didn't have Miami Vice on a list of '80s TV shows. So good for you. That had to be picked. Kyle, um, would you call yourself a man's man? <laughs> I absolutely would. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Oh, you know what else we didn't even think about? The uh, the Miami Heat, they have the uniforms now based off of the off of the Miami Heat, Miami Heat, the Miami Vice TV show. That's and right. those are fresh. Those are some of my favorite alter- alternate jerseys. Like Yeah. They look great. Yeah, not, not a lot to love about that team, but the the uniforms are great. <laughs> I'm a Bam fan. I'm a big Bam fan, so That's fair. But I'm a I'm a just I'm a sports fan. Go go sports. Um, <laughs> that's Miami Vice off the board. There's still still quite a bit of uh, you know shows to go with. There's a lot of iconic ones still on the board. Dad, what, what you got? I am going to. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take probably one of the most influential comedies that's happened. You know, for, you know, crazy situation, workplace, college, anything like that that's happened in the future, I would say that Night Court kind of walks so that all of those comedies now can run. So I'm picking Night Court. I'm surprised it took this long. For real, though. Like, is this your favorite (laughs) TV show? It is, yeah. I think it probably is, yeah. So, so tell the people at home who maybe aren't as familiar with Night Court a little bit about it. Uh, Night Court is literally what it is, what it says it is. It's about the courts at night. And, I'm, you know, I'm not even sure if they actually still do court at night anymore. <laughs> they should. I didn't even but, know that was a thing, ever. Like, why? But it's... Uh, it's a crazy workplace comedy where the judge, Judge Harry Stone, is presiding over all of these cases that you would normally think of that happen at night. So you would have prostitutes being pulled in, and the kicker is that Judge Harry Stone is not like your straight. He's not a straight man. He's your goofy magician. <laughs> kind of judge so there's a there's running bits all over the show where if there's a a lady of the night that comes in they all know him by hi judge harry it's like and he knows all of the ladies of the night by their first name and he's just (laughs) smiling and flirting with them and then he's like okay uh five thousand dollars in time served (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bang the gavel and then they're just like on their way and they're like back on the street being ladies of the night just like <laughs> I mean Savage. yeah like the the Halloween episodes are bananas the Christmas episodes are bananas I mean this is I really honestly think that without this show you don't get shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine which I know is very popular among you two where it's just like a workplace comedy where 
none of this could actually possibly happen in real life, but just because of where it's focused around, it's hilarious. Yeah. I'm so glad you picked this. I mean, I have to say, I've never seen an episode. I did not know it existed until Thad started talking about it. Because it would just come up in, in, in conversation. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and and so it's been a long time coming that we can give it full recognition. Um, I really do want to watch it. Do you know if it's streaming anywhere? I do not believe it is right now. But I'm assuming that with the new reboot or sequel coming out that it will be put on the Peacock. The yeah. Peacock. Good. Yeah. I have the Peacock. So I think Kyle had the, Yeah, I've I've seen a few episodes. I haven't seen a ton. Um but like Damon said, like since Thad's been uh talking about it, I've wanted to get more into it. Um I do think like sneakily this is one of the more influential like work workplace comedies because it does. It it shines a light on like a workplace you don't really see a lot of, which is like all these people who work at this court, you know, and um my favorite episodes are the ones that really are just like slice of life. Like the, I think there's an episode actually called like a day in the life, you know, like it's just just your average cases and like the kind of the insanity that comes with that. And um, yeah, man, it's just it's fun. It's it's a fun show. I'm really curious to see what happens with the remake because it's just like. I don't know whether they'll go really funny with it or they'll try and do like a law and order thing and like make it very serious not sure, um, but yeah, it ran for like what, like nine seasons. So it, you know, it had some staying power, and um, it's just a, it's a fun show. It's, it's, it's a really fun, unique look at like something, an atmosphere we don't always see on TV. I almost wish, like, I don't, because this is, I'm definitely not being serious, but I wish Daredevil had an episode that was like full on Night Court. I just think that would have been hilarious, <laughs> uh, but. Imagine that crossover. Um, but... Oh, we might get one with just uh, with oh. uh, with She Hulk. She Hulk, yeah, because that's, that's supposed true. to be a, a comedy. That's a great call. I mean, I just give the writers of Night Court that show. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a fun show. It's again, it's unique in like the workplace comedy genre. So I'm glad it was picked. I it had to be picked. Like that's why we had that on this episode was for this. So. Kind of disappointed you picked it third, but I, I guess you know you had to get get a couple of the like the well known classics out of the way. Yeah, but I mean, it all you know, John Larroquette he won four Emmys in a row for it. I mean, that's still never been touched, and he only he, he didn't win the fifth because he took his name out. <laughs> he was like, let's give some other people a chance. Yeah, which which pissed off <laughs> a awesome. lot of people. It was a really controversial decision. The other yeah, actors dang. did not like that decision. <laughs> they really didn't. They dang, hated they were... him. Someone should uh, tell Meryl me Street wanna... to take notes. Just put her name out of the out of consideration for one year at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that is uh, the best pick Thad's ever done because it's his favorite TV show, and I applaud it. I, I have to watch it as pick. soon as. Very on brand. Uh, once it streams, I will I will definitely give it a shot. Um, so that leads us to my next pick. See, I got Cheers and Transformers, two very similar shows. And uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go with a third. 
Um, hmm. I think I'm going to go with Murder, She Wrote. Ooh. Okay, this this is maybe not as big of a show as, especially nowadays. Like, I don't know if you would tell a lot, say it and a lot of people would even know what you're talking about. But this was a show that was in heavy, heavy rotation, especially at my mama's. This would be one show we'd watch. If it was on TV, it was on her TV. She'd have it on. And I would just watch it. Uh, whenever she didn't have soaps on, that's what we'd watch. This and Walker, Texas Ranger. Those were her, like, that was it. It was either Walker or freaking Jessica Fletcher, okay? Uh, I mean, you got Murder, She Wrote. You got Jessica Fletcher, this mystery writer slash amateur detective. Great combo. And uh, I forget the name of the town. Uh, it's in Maine. And for the 12 years that the show's on, more people die in this town of Maine than pretty much anywhere on Earth. Um, and she pretty much solves all these murders. Um, it's so well done because you have Angela Lansbury, who is just so brilliant of an actress. Um, like her calm voice, the way she just like dissects a scene, like she's able to make you believe that she is this detective. You're like, yeah, I believe everything she's saying. Um, I loved how they started every episode, like with a little preview of her, like writing, you know, she's like, yes, on this episode of Murder, She Wrote. It's like she's writing the episodes as we're watching it. It was just a really cool, like, uh, device for the show. But I just remembered being so enamored watching her and saw these mysteries with these freaking super in and out uh, investigators. Like, these detectives are just terrible at their jobs. They're like, it's got to be this person, obviously. And she's like, let me do some work. She does her work, figures it out. Yeah, you're wrong every single time. This is this person. <laughs> And, and it worked like it was, I think, in the top 10 of ratings, like for its first eight seasons, like it had like on average, I think, 20 million viewers. That's like bigger than pretty much anything nowadays. Of course, it's very different. Land, but like it was a very popular show then. And I had to go with it. It's, it's more of a personal pick to me than anything. There's probably a lot of other shows on the, still on the board you, I could have gone with. But this is one I've watched. I enjoyed I have tons of fond memories about it, so I had to go with Murder, She Wrote. Thad, what do you think? I also have fond memories of this. I have, uh, I have, I have the memories of the block it used to have growing up. We used to have the block of Murder, She Wrote, and then Columbo right after. <laughs> and I used to just, it was just like the mystery. Just like one one totally competent person and then another totally competent person but everyone else around them it's like mm, how did you get your jobs how are you guys the police force how are you in charge of all of this and the writer is better than you <laughs> <laughs> real though like she just made them look really really bad at their job i, I loved it and the mis the mystery aspect was my easily my favorite part like being like oh who did it like try to figure it out before she did and you're like oh of course she figured it out you know kyle uh do, do you like murder she wrote uh so this is one that i don't think i've ever seen a full episode of um like I, i'm aware of it it's such a popular thing it's in like the zeitgeist but uh 
I will say, like, I'm a big fan of Castle. <laughs> so, like, the idea <laughs> of, like, a, a writer helping with, with cases and stuff is really interesting to me. And, of course, I mean, I love Angela Lansbury, you know, between this and Beauty and the Beast, she's an icon. Um, so I'm very intrigued. I This is... Uh, another case because we allowed that we can allow this it, this definitely ran almost as much in the 90s as it did in the 80s possibly more uh i looked it up i made sure it was more in the 90s okay it, but i'll look again but I, I think it's pretty it is pretty split like almost down the middle but it's definitely more associated with i guess, I guess the vibe we're going for for this rule is like whatever it's more i guess in the pop culture zeitgeist what it's more associated with um so the, yeah, i i certainly would allow it but like it i i definitely want to check it out um i guess the question of the episode is it streaming anywhere <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question um I have no, I've not seen, I've literally have not seen an episode of this since I was a kid. Um, it is streaming for the people at home. If you want to watch Murder, She Wrote, I highly recommend it. It is on. If my internet's going to work at all, tell me internet. Oh, oh Mac wait, I got you. I got you. It's on uh, IMDb TV, so it's free on, I, I use Amazon Prime for IMDb TV, but okay. It, that's That and Peacock. On Peacock. Okay, perfect. That might have to be like my next. Uh, I don't know about binge, but my next like watch a couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, um, it will make you want to get a typewriter. Nice. Yeah. nice. The the end credits with her uh, typing on the typewriter and then like constantly pushing and then the paper flies out and it's like was such that a great a, aesthetic that wanted a typewriter. Like they look so cool. Like yeah. <sighs> But I feel like I would have it and use it and then be like, I hate this thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> so been, tedious. I go too fast and I would just be like, oh, crap, let me go over that letter again. And you just <laughs> like, eat it. You just like mark your letter over the letter. So you just got like this ugly looking mess. <laughs> Did you ever play the video game? You oh, yeah. Like, the look on Kyle's face was like, wait, what? There's a video game? <laughs> Yes, there was a computer video game from Murder, She Wrote, and I remember playing it in school, of all things. I know we played a lot of the Nancy Drew video games, because my, my mama loved computer games. Like, that's all yeah. we did, like, watch TV and play the computer. Like, she, like we played cards, we played Solitaire and, and Go Fish nonstop, and we'd watch Murder, She Wrote. It was, it was a hoot. I love it. I missed it. Um, so I had to go with Murder, She Wrote. Uh, so even if y'all big call that's my third pick and then that means uh we're going to the very last round uh we have some pretty good looking boards still some really good shows up out there um you know none of us have a family show yet Mm. so i figured i would go ahead and, and cross that off the board I'm going with the one one of the ones that I grew up with that I think really it kind of got overlooked when a lot of the other 90s shows popped up and it kind of got forgotten. But I, I thought it was just as good. It was really fun. And I'm talking about Growing Pains. Yeah. You know, um, you got Dr. Jason Seaver, the psychiatrist who decides to work at home because uh, his wife, Maggie, is going back on the field as a reporter. 
So you you kind of get this thing, which I don't. At least I think up until that point, that really hadn't been a a thing you saw on TV. The stay at home dad, you know, the focus on that. So you got him dealing with all the problems of his three kids. You have Mike, the super rambunctious, suave troublemaker who was always trying to, you know, find the new girl to date. Uh, played by uh, what's I've Kurt Cameron, who is you know is Mister Jesus now. That, that <laughs> he wants you to call him. I think he likes that. Um, you have Carol Seaver, the the middle child who is very all about um, learning and, and school, kind of uptight. Which you know, and then you had Ben, the younger kid who just wanted to be just like his uh, older brother, and he's just super everywhere, super lively. And of course, they had the fourth kid. I believe in season at the end of season two, season four, somewhere around there, Chrissy, um, you know, you get to see her grow up. Um, and that was really fun, but it's just this story about this family trying to live in long Island. Um, in the, the things they go through, it's, you know, it's nothing new as far as the stories they do. You know, somebody gets a bad grade. Someone tries to sneak out that somebody breaks anything, but I just thought it was really well done. Uh, Alan Thicke, I think carries the show. Like his his uh, relationship with everybody, I think, is so well done. It seems pretty authentic. Alan Thicke is amazing. I loved him. He was super. He had like the perfect combo of of compassionate and stern and goofy. But he wasn't goofy. We're like, oh, he's so corny, you know. Like, oh, like I can't. Like, please stop it. Like, oh, well, you know, that's something a dad would obviously say. But he, it wasn't laying it on thick. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, I just thought of that. <laughs> oh, that's something he would have said. Um, <laughs> but I just think of like the some of the episodes that really stick out in my head was like <laughs> the episode where Ben like makes a home video for class and it's about gators living in the sewers. <laughs> and it's still like to this day one of my favorite episodes of any TV show because it was so absurd. And, like, the way, like, you know, because we were watching the film that he made, so, like, it was super badly done. You showed the gators, which is, like, little toy gators. They're like, oh, my God, they're getting in the sewers. They're escaping. And <laughs> that one, and then the Halloween special, where they're all telling different stories. And this is when they're a little older, and Ben's, like, in high school, and he's driving, and they're talking about, like, he picks up this girl on the side of the road and everything, and then, like, all of a sudden she disappears been like you know just some really cool episodes and then i have to mention of course growing pains gave us the person that is leonardo dicaprio yep in the last season you know he's this kid who's kind of yeah i I think he was homeless if i'm not mistaken and like they find him and and mike's like hey we need to help this kid out so they give him the apartment above their uh, garage and i just love those episodes those were super fun i enjoyed every season like it didn't get stale, you know? And I think maybe that last season was because of, you know, Chrissy was now an actual character. She was like five or six and had plot lines. You had Leo's character. And I I just loved it. I really liked the chemistry between the cast. So I had to go Growing Pains. Kyle, what you think? Yeah, this is a... I'm glad you mentioned, like, we haven't done a family show yet because this is one that... It was in that, like, um, group of like just like family shows that I watched growing up. It was this, it was a lot of full house. Um, and I actually think I preferred this one uh, growing up. I just, 
I, like you said, Alan Thick just carries the show. I mean, I love Bob Saget as Danny Tanner, but like Alan Thick, I think is a very underrated. But we didn't even mention him in the list game. Like uh, Jason Seaver is a very underrated I, TV dad. What's up? I did. I, I said Jason Seaver. Oh, okay, good, yeah. good. Um, so I'm glad he was covered. He he is. He's a really good TV dad. Alan Thick is also just a great actor in general. Um, I'm almost as, as obsessed with him as our dear Robin Trubatsky is. Um, but, uh, he was great. I agree. I love the idea. This kind of like is one of the first really examples of like the stay at home dad. And it's very progressive in that way of, of taking on like gender roles. Um, that's rare to see in an eighties piece of content. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it was a little bit ahead of its time in that aspect. And like you said, you know, in in its later run, we get a, a very young Leo, which is always fun. Um, I think this was even before like what's eating Gilbert grape. Like he had like two film credits before this. Um, and he's great. Like that just proves that he was a great actor, even at that young of an age. Um, and you know, Kirk Cameron is just off the deep end now, but like he was, he was great on this show. He was one of those classic TV older siblings that like when I was younger, I looked up to, and eventually it was like, this guy's kind of a dick. But, like, I still kind of look up to him, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a real wholesome show. Like, we, we haven't had really a wholesome pick yet. So that's a, that's a great one. Dad, do you like Growing Pains? It really wasn't part of the rotation. It was a little bit too wholesome for me. But I got to say, I'm really glad that you asked Kyle first because... Your joke about laying it on too thick just made me think about a weird crossover movie with the movie Laying It On Too Thick starring Kirk Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And I was just laughing the entire time thinking about this weird crossover. (laughs) That did not work. Oh, no. Not at all. Um, Well, that's fair, you know. I mean, there's so many TV shows, you can't watch them all. Um... No, but, you know, it probably was, I think, one of the last of, I guess you would say, like, the wholesome genre, I guess, you know, the family stuff from the 70s and the 80s, you know? It's, you know, the 70s was just full of them, and I think this was probably one of the last ones that we've seen since. I don't think we've seen one that's been this wholesome since. Maybe Full House? Yeah, like honestly, I I I put the two together so much because like I feel like Full House is like the spiritual sequel successor to the show. You know, like they have a lot of the same vibes. It that they're just like one's on one coast, one's on New York, and the others yeah. in Cali, and San Fran. So it's different vibes, but very similar spirit. So oh, DJ Tanner, it's his sister. Oh crap! And that also, yeah, that is his sister. Yep, it is. And so. she much more cooler person as an adult now than Kirk. so we think uh, yeah I, she's I, also done think, quite a bit you know that yeah. was that it was stephanie's actress she kind of went a, in a weird route post full house but i think they both did in just different directions like she's definitely like her cameron and like her beliefs and she's not in like every left behind movie but so she's not you know as far <laughs> as he is but uh i just for everyone listening i had to mute myself earlier because that just absolutely destroyed me with the laying it on thick joke that whoa that cut me off guard um yeah i i, I agree about full house because like that one is a 
a full-on 90 show. So I thought of that originally, and then I looked at the run, and it's it's 90s. That, but it is. That, I feel like that is the last, like, fully wholesome sitcom. And even that one gets into some serious stuff with Jesse and, like, his motorcycle accident. I remember watching that as a kid, and that fucked me up. Like, him getting, like, messed up in that accident, I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is not... This man is not unbreakable. <laughs> I, I think Growing Pains is, is just super underrated, and I, I definitely think people should watch it. It's not streaming anywhere, so good luck. Maybe once it does, give it a shot. Uh, watch it for thick, if anything. So, <laughs> well, that that's my board. Uh, it's it's pretty nice, I gotta say. Dad, uh, what what you got for your last pick? Oh, let's jump to. Sorry, we're gonna jump to a quick break before Thad's last pick. Yes. We're all excited for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You know, James Gunn just put out the release date. It's still two years away. It feels so long, but that's okay because in the meantime, we can dream up what the plot's going to be like, and more importantly, the soundtrack, arguably the best part of a Guardians movie. Uh, If you want an idea of what we at Planet Fantasy want to see in the soundtrack, go way back to episode 18. We are joined by our lovely guest, Meryl Lee, and we talked about the songs that we want to see on this soundtrack. We come up with songs like Poison's Talk Dirty to Me. Uh, we come up with Cake's The Distance. We come up with uh, the song Renegade by Styx. Plenty more bangers. Uh, I, I think we came up with a soundtrack that could rival anything James Gunn comes up with, and that's high praise. So if you want to hear that, check out episode 18 with our lovely guest, Meryl Lee. And we're back. And, of course, we're just finishing up this last round of 80s TV shows. There's still quite a bit left on the board with two picks left. What's going to be left out? What are you going to yell at us for? Let's see. Thad, what's that last pick? Ooh. uh, I am torn. Do I go with the, the pick that will probably get me more votes to win? Or do I go with my heart and what I really want to pick? There's no Muppet show this decade. What you want? There is, there is one. Oh. There is one. What, Fraggle Rock? No. I mean, Muppet. I'll say it because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's the one. I loved Muppet Babies. I, oh, I really. God, Muppet Babies. Muppet but I'm not picking it. I'm not picking it. Good. <laughs> Only because they decanonize the Muppet Babies and Skeeter is no longer a Muppet. <laughs> what? Skeeter is not a Muppet. They have decanonized Skeeter as Scooter's sister. They gave her the Pluto treatment. That's right. Yeah. I don't know, but I've done extensive research on this, and they have totally decanonized Skeeter. I don't know why. Damn. Yep. R.I.P. That's lame. Poor went out for Skeeter. Well, instead of Muppet Babies, what you got? You, you know what? That's going to win the, the draft? You know, I could go for the win, but you know what? This is the 80s. I am, uh, I'm going to go with my heart. I'm picking from my heart, and I'm picking a show that's about a billionaire that saves a detective after being shot in the face. I'm going with Knight Rider. Oh, yeah. Yes. What are you talking about? That that should win you the draft. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I'd vote for it. Ugh, Michael Long being turned into Michael Knight. 
<laughs> the talking car. It brought you guys, Feeny. 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 Oh. I mean, what else are you gonna say? I mean, Kit, Bonnie. Which, by the way, Bonnie. I mean, a lot of people's first crushes. Oh yeah. And then when she showed up in the Next Generation episode, oh yeah. <laughs> yes. And not to mention, it gave us like the start of the Hoff, basically. I mean, he was on soap operas in the 70s. So I think he was on The Young and the Restless. And yeah, he was on The Young and the Restless from 75 to 82. And then basically from then on, you had him on television until the 90s. So, I think the only person that's kind of come close to that is maybe David Boreanaz, who's also been on TV a ridiculously long time. Yeah. Ted Danson. But not straight, though. Yeah, Ted, Ted Danson has done a few movies in between. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, then, you know, I guess going back to one of your picks, Miami Vice, <laughs> Baywatch also spawned... Baywatch Nights, which was basically <laughs> a riff on Miami Vice. Yeah. Which is a ridiculous concept where this <laughs> this lifeguard is now solving crimes and holding a gun and stuff like 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 why? But anyway, Knight Rider, the Hoff. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's all you really had to say and you described the I mean that's all you have to say. That Hasselhoff is like a is a cultural icon at this point. He was in the SpongeBob movie so for some reason. He popped <laughs> on TV shows, and it's like, oh my god, it's the Hoff. He just he can do whatever because at this point he's earned it because of this show in Baywatch. Like that's a one-two punch right there. Those are two iconic TV shows, and he's he's a star of both of them. I mean. I love Kit. That's such a cool idea. A talking car. That needs to be brought back in some form. Like, that's a show right for rebooting. Yeah. Like, 100%. I don't know if someone could do it as well as as the Hoff and William Daniels. But William Daniels could still voice Kit. You know? So, bring him back. Kyle, how do you feel about Knight Rider? Yeah, it's it's uh it was on my board. It wasn't going to be my last pick. It was going to be just be an honorable mention. So I'm glad I'm glad that I grabbed it. But it it is. It's such a fun show. Um, I think Kit is like probably tied with. It's like a three way tie of the Adam West Batmobile, Kit, and the DeLorean for like favorite you know fictional or like movie TV cars. But Kit is great. I mean, it has the talking edge on those other two. <laughs> Um, but yeah, when you get William Daniels to voice a car, it's, you're just primed for success, but it also is just a really fun show. Like similarly to, um, Miami Vice, it is like really like just, it's just so eighties, like this kind of premise, I, I'm kind of with you, Damon. I would like to see a new take on it, but also like this kind of premise just only works at its best in the eighties. Cause it's just so over the top and just ridiculous. Um, but it is it is so fun. David Hasselhoff is just like like charismatic as as a main character. Um, yeah, it's it's super fun. It's iconic. Do you have any favorite moments from the show, Thad? Ooh, uh, 
I do like when uh, I like when Kit gets on the water skis. Yeah, that's in season two. I like Kit jumping out of a plane. Kind of uh, the precursor for the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> Yeah. He does jump out of a plane with a parachute on, exactly like in the Fast movie. Yep. Let's see. I like when the Hoff sings. He is a recording superstar, let's not forget. That's true. I mean, he did help break down the wall. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's crazy that everyone, when other people say that, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they actually look at it and they're like, oh, crap, he's actually doing a concert on the broken wall. Like, wow, they weren't kidding. Like, he's really popular in Germany. It's like, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, that is a board you have right there. That is a very 80s board, even with the Star Trek questionable pick. Um <laughs> That, that's a good one. I dig it, Thad. I'm glad Knight Rider got picked. That's a very 80s property. I'd say that's probably the one of the more 80s shows there there is out there. Um, so we have that one, and I think that leads us to the very last pick. We've got Kyle. What you got for us? Yeah, so still a lot to choose from, surprisingly. Um, hmm, okay. All right, I'm going to go with probably, okay, so other than Jeopardy, the one show that I've seen the most of, from this decade, like I still go back and rewatch it. It spawned an incredible parody movie, which is probably one of my favorite SNL related things ever. Um, I've got to go with MacGyver. Um, and of course, I'm talking about MacGruber, which is just iconic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, MacGyver ran from 85 to 92. Just another like concept that really only works in the 80s. I mean, I got to give it to them. They tried with this remake. I mean, it's, I think it's already been canceled, um, which is a bummer because I really like like Lucas Till. Um, so I feel like he had a good shot with it. But yeah, this show is just, it's ridiculous. It, the hijinks that MacGyver gets himself into are just so crazy, but it's always so fun watching him MacGyver his way out of it. Like that's a phrase now. I mean, if you have, every time I have something break down with my truck, it's like, all right, I got to MacGyver some way into, into fixing this. Like, it's just a, it's a thing now. Um, I, I love, this is another one that, you know, there's a real shift in tone from like the seventies to the eighties of shows really like taking more serious tones. And MacGyver does that really well at, in certain episodes. There's one where like his best friend dies in, I think like a climbing accident. Um, and it's like really serious. Like the whole, the whole show just doesn't let up that, that episode. So, um, yeah, it, it's just a fun show. MacGyver is like one of the most charming, you know, action show protagonists. Uh, and it's always every episode you're like, okay, obviously he's going to get out of this, but it, they do a good job of actually making like, there's actual tension in the episodes of like, okay, there's no way he can actually get it. Cause they just ramp it up every time. So it's always fun. It's dated, but it, that's part of the charm of it. Um, the shootouts are just really fun to watch now. Uh, but it, yeah, it's just it's it's endlessly like re. I think this one is like the most rewatchable of my picks because you can always just put an episode on and just kind of like zone out to it. Did he popularize the Swiss Army knife in America? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, it, the Swiss Army knife is held in such high regard because of Mister MacGyver. <laughs> like did, essentially, he made it where 
like that's the that's what a Swiss Army knife is used for. Like people's like, yeah, you can do anything with a Swiss Army knife. Well, yeah. no, Ivor can do anything with a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> okay, him or him or Henry Spencer. <laughs> uh, and I mean, really, like you said, like the fact that his name, the show, is a is a verb now is all you have to say with how really influential this show was. Um, it, it, this, it, I mean, of course I have not seen the, uh, reboot, but I heard it's pretty fun, but like, how can you do that in such a way? Because like, now there's so much more technology, but like, I, I just love the idea of MacGyver is this person who was like, I'm not going to shoot anybody. I refuse to, you know, I'm all about my gadgets and my, my knife and I'm just going to talk my way and work my way out of everything. It was just a really cool concept that was very, ambitious. um, yeah. I, I loved it. Uh, Thad, do you like MacGyver? I do like MacGyver. I, I This is another show that was in another block with another TV show, The uh, the Six Million Dollar Man. They always had these two shows just back to back. And that was, boom, right there. I'll, you know what, though? Uh, this show also gave a lot of people a lot of false confidence. <laughs> just, yeah just like oh duct tape you can fix anything <laughs> yeah you know what i've got this paper clip this rubber band and a bottle cap <laughs> i'm gonna disarm this bomb maybe <laughs> <laughs> an amazing idea for a tv show it's chopped but with tools to make things and it's called macgyver <laughs> <laughs> in your basket in your macgyver basket you have a chair a coke can and a light bulb. You have to escape this room. <laughs> That's a great call. It's chopped, but with saw repercussions. Oh, God. <laughs> this is happening. That, that, yes. MacGyver and Saul put together with chopped elements. I don't know how that show hasn't been made yet. That's money. Truly. Um, Brought to you it? by the same makers of Laying It On Too Thick with Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Oh, I love it. Uh, what 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 was one of your favorite things about MacGyver? Um, I don't know. I I think it's just. I mean, this is really basic, but it's just the the formula. Like it just never it never fails. Every episode, it's like here is this really bonkers situation he's in, and the bad guys underestimate him, and they leave him with you know, everyday things that you don't think he'll need and he manages to MacGyver his way out. Um, yeah, I, I think that it also took on some some interesting issues and handled them with some subtlety. You know, with the 80s, that's always a gamble. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of that is due to, um, to of course, I'm going to forget his name now, Richard uh, uh, Richard Dean Anderson uh, yes. as MacGyver. He, he just carries it. Like, I think he just has enough of like charm but in the dramatic scenes actually is a really great actor so I, I think he just carries the the more ridiculous aspects of the show so yeah and you know just like uh like night rider it's it's your villain of the episode it's your villain of the day you go in you solve it you're on to the next episode villain of yes. the day you solve it on to the next episode it's it's perfect that was serial tv at its finest yeah, you know, I think this. I think someone recently said when Mandalorian, the first season came out, that Mandalorian has the same formula of like a Knight Rider or a MacGyver. It's like you got your villain of the episode, your villain of the day, 
you you get past him next episode boom and you know i'm reading up these things that i didn't really remember about the show but like he was really into uh protecting like uh nearly extinct species and he even turned into a vegetarian at some point and was he the first hipster (laughs) (laughs) there's a strong case for that yeah (laughs) That that's what I'm throwing my ring in. I I think MacGyver is the first hipster, and so we have him to thank, or hate. I'm not sure. Um, well, do we have fedora proof? Yes, <laughs> my lady. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, Mac lady. No. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that pretty much finishes the draft guys uh i think we we did pretty well we did leave some pretty pretty good ones off the board though um like i mean no one drafted the a team i was kind of surprised about that yeah people might be bad about that um did y'all have any honorable mentions i wanted to throw out before we get out of here thad reading rainbow Mm, speaking of lavar burton yeah that's the that was my other pick that i was thinking about between that and knight rider yeah Mm, that's a good one. Kyle, you got any you wanted to mention? Yeah, I had a few. Um, I, there was, you know, Volt, like I mentioned, Voltron. Uh, Transformers is like the better version of it, but it certainly was right there with Transformers. It's like the big robot boom. Um, there's Magnum PI, uh, like you said, the A-Team. A big one that I really, like, very, I almost went with it, was ALF, just because just <laughs> such a stupid and fun show. Uh I love it. And then one other one was um, DuckTales, which I personally like the remake more. I think the remake is incredible. I love David Tennant's work on it, but the original was also super funny. It gave us Darkwing Duck, and I love Darkwing Duck. Darkwing. <laughs> um, I, I had, I was thinking about maybe different strokes. That was one of my favorites as a kid. Um, who's the boss? You know, Tony Danza. and Alyssa Milano. I mm. love. Yeah. Uh, the Facts of Life the facts of life one of the uh, best theme songs and i all thought about doing a tag team of a uh, transformers and gi joe but i was like mm. is that too much it might be too much but i almost yeah. did thundercats oh <laughs> lots of great animated stuff that's for sure. yeah he's really really ramped up the animation and and so that that definitely needed to be mentioned i'm glad at least one got got picked so I'm sad. I'm actually surprised Kyle didn't think about the uh, the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo. It was yeah, it was close. It's definitely one of the weaker series, but I, I considered it for sure. Really, I think it's. I actually like it more than the original, even oh, though it wow. has like, uh, even though it has like dollar store Doctor Strange. <laughs> I do like it more. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Oh. Well, this was a fun one, y'all. Thad, thank you for joining us again. Um, I think we have you scheduled for for another one at some point. If not, I'm sure we'll get you on. You know, we got to always bring you back. Um, Yeah, it's it's now become legitimately a three-way battle between you, Olivia, and Ryan for who's the, like, honorary third host. So (laughs) do you have any words for the two of them? Uh, Suck my ridges. Shouldn't have asked. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Ryan Olivia. We love you. Please come on to our podcast. <laughs> Kyle, what you got for the people at home before we get out of here? 
yeah if you as always if you guys want to hit us up about the things we missed or about our our, our board you know you can hit us up at uh planet.fantasypod at gmail.com you can hit us up on our socials at planet.fantasy um we've got a fun one next week for you guys we're going to be talking about movie soundtracks with our other uh third host uh, olivia um we've got some fun ones there's obviously going to be the 80s movies draft at the end of this month um Next week is number 50, guys. So we are going to be celebrating that. And yeah, we'll, I guess we'll catch you guys next time. And yeah, as uh, He Man famously said, what's going on? <laughs>